The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Going to be looking at your latest article on the site, James. 2018 Tears, always a great piece, and a revamped version of it from the, the magazine. You know, a lot's changed since the magazine went to print, and we appreciate you updating the article. But first, want to talk a little bit about maybe our our drafts in the great fantasy baseball invitational maybe talk a little bit about the prospects i got in the al labor auction and reserve rounds it was a tremendous honor to be a part of that for a second year i have a write-up coming to the blog free of charge pretty soon on that but what did you think of some of those prices i, I paid for for some of the prospects you know i think and i think i I was at a concert, but I text. I was checking my phone during the concert just to keep tabs on your AL Labor squad, and I remember texting you specifically that I loved the Kopech for three dollar buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that you know, I was, 
I'm trying to put in my my projections for for some of these rookie pitchers and I think he gets over a hundred innings in the big leagues this year. I just, yeah. I just think that, you know, he, he's going to be able to handle 160 to 170 total innings. And this is a, you know, the white Sox are one of those teams that likes to, to push their pitching prospects. They don't like them. I'm wasting bullets in the minor leagues and Copex command has really come along over the past. You know, he, he finished pretty strong, at double a and triple a in terms of uh, his command and from what i've seen he's been kind of picked up where he left off in so far in spring training so you know i think they definitely send him to triple a for maybe a month maybe six weeks something like that but then i think he's up and obviously he's going to get you know the longest leash imaginable because they he he's he's already their best starting pitcher in the entire organization like james shields might start opening day for them and then you know i think he's already better in lucas giolito i think he's already better in ronaldo lopez uh it's it's not going to be hard for him to justify getting a getting a shot whenever the white Sox decide he's ready so i think you're going to get you know at least a uh, 100 innings in the big leagues out of kopech and you're going to get obviously over 100 strikeouts if that's the case so even like his ratios could be pretty mediocre and i think that that's a great buy at three bucks and I, I think he's got a chance to actually be you know maybe a era a little bit above four whip around you know one three five and this is a an only league that's totally fine uh aj puck i know is a guy that you you didn't want to leave to chance in the reserve round so you got him for three bucks i think that he he probably won't get to quite as many innings as as Kopech, but the strikeouts are going to be there obviously uh you got uh dustin fowler for 12 which in an only league i think is is a really solid buy and he's not a prospect anymore but i thought Derek fisher for nine bucks was a really solid buy he's a guy that you know if he the playing time is going to be in jeopardy in theory once yuli guriel's healthy but i also think that fisher's a guy with with tools and you know they're the astros are still pretty deep but they're not so deep that i don't think there'll be a time when he is getting everyday bats and as long as he can hit he's got the speed to get you double digit home runs double digit steals so i thought that that was a pretty good buy too well i appreciate it buddy uh it's good to know that i got your seal of approval on that it- yeah, I do highly, greatly value your opinion. Well, I don't know. You didn't. You don't quite have my seal of approval on the Anthony Alford buy, but I'll, I'll let that. That's I'll fine. let that slide. That's all right. Yeah, Anthony Alford for two bucks, kind of just filling out the roster. Uh, I don't know. I, I felt with the premium that was paid on speed on the whole in the auction, it was good to maybe get take a chance on some of those guys who could be a pretty decent stolen base contributors. Also got Forrest Whitley in the reserves, fourth round of the reserves. But that was pretty shocking. Even after the 50-game suspension, I thought somebody would take that chance. Uh, got that sad sack dude, not a prospect, <laughs> but got him to fill out not a prospect. The, the middle infield. Yeah, believe it or not. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of is he, lot of he, he might not even get signed. Yeah, I know. He just might be done. But I thought for three bucks, I don't know. What? How does? Can you tell the listeners and remind me how how does it work when you buy a prospect like Forrest Whitley or Greg Allen in the reserve round? Uh, like, what what are the kind of rules for keeping them? Yeah, they're, they're unique rules in labor. So basically, like 
everybody that you buy in the auction with your your 260 budget filling out your active roster they have to stay in your active lineup unless they're on the dl or in the minor league so i figured instead of taking a chance on one of these borderline guys who could do a lot of damage especially on the pitching side by being in my active lineup the whole time get these high-end prospects swap them out for skilled middle relievers and, and wait it out and then hopefully those guys can come up and help me make up some ground and strikeouts later on yeah i think that's a really solid strategy and you'll be able to, so you'll be able to take eduardo rodriguez who'll be on the dl plus kopech and puck out and yep. plug in trevin trevor hildenberger tim lincecum and emilio pagan i think Correct. that that's a it's a really solid move yeah and so like when force whitley gets called up i'll have to put him in my active roster or release him well, that's fine think, yeah, <laughs> plug him in it's gonna be a problem <laughs> thankfully so that'll be fun on the nl side i really liked i felt like a proud papa actually jeff erickson getting franchi for a dollar french i was saying i was texting you i said franchi's gonna be the steal of this damn thing and I loved it. I, Jeff said afterwards, he's like, this is just because of you and James. It's the only reason I took Franchi. And I was like, I'm so, I'm so happy that, that Jeff uh, went and did that. And, I mean, by all means, Jeff, come back and, and blame this one on us when Franchi inevitably doesn't, doesn't live up to the billing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, embra- I'm bracing for that very strong possibility. I'll, I'll, I'll happily take all the the heat. Oh yeah, anyone can throw at me when when Franchi inevitably inevitably flames out. Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head on Twitter earlier today. When ugh, man, I was just I was really kind of heartbroken that I didn't get Franchi in the great fantasy baseball invitational. Thought I could be sneaky and grab a guy like Jack Flaherty, Keone Kella, and then get Franchi. Well. The word is out, James. Franchi no longer a secret. And I heard uh, AJ Preller talking on some XM show recently, and they asked him about left field, and he actually mentioned Franchi's name over Hunter Renfro. He also did mention Perella, but well, I really think Franchi's going to be a guy who uh, surprises me. Let's just qu- quickly, I mean, lay out the case because I mean, we, you and I, have been talking about Franchi for pretty much all off season. Uh, his ADP's risen from you know back in December when we were talking about this. His ADP in NFBC leagues, early NFBC leagues, to be sure, where it was in the six hundreds. And you know, the the more I look at that roster, and you know, initially when when it became clear that Will Myers was going to have to move to the outfield, you you could you would have thought, well, that hurts Franchi's chances. Actually might have helped his chances because if you're going to put a guy like will myers out there mm-hmm. this is kind of becoming a trend with some of these even these smarter organizations like the phillies with reese hoskins the brewers with domingo santana where you take a guy who's a big negative but then you put two studs next to him to cover all that ground for him so he doesn't really have to do a ton with his with his legs in the outfield i think you have a guy like will myers if you have franchi cordero and manuel margot out there covering all that ground you're not asking a ton from a guy like will myers i think franchi cordero he could strike out 38 percent of the time get him base at like a 280 clip and would still be an upgrade from a real life sense over a guy like hunter renfro because of what he brings with his glove so that's that's kind of my reasoning i think jose perella 
obviously making the roster, but I think that they might be tempted to take advantage of his versatility playing a position like second base and just kind of use him as a, as a super utility guy. That's all really well said. And that's, yeah, the defense is what kind of got me on the trail initially over the winter. It's because if you look at the stat cast leaderboards, baseball savant, I mean, uh, outs above average. He was, if you look at those leaderboards, he's like top 25 in the outfield, a catch probability added he's really high and then the more i looked into it and continued to you know follow a few people on twitter i kept hearing about the dominican winter league showing at the plate and you know i think there's always going to be a lot of swing and miss but the fact that he was drawing a lot of walks is pretty encouraging he's carried that hot bat over the mvp and rookie of the year is the dominican winter league so i think i think this guy yeah it's just even if it is just an outfield guy who's you know ends up being a, a slight negative with the bat, I still think in fantasy the the playing time will add up and uh, maybe get you fifteen fifteen. Yeah, no, I think that that's we're we're definitely not saying hey go go use your fifteenth round pick on Franchi no. Cordero, but you know it, late in drafts he's a def, definitely a guy that has the upside to get you. 15 to 20 homers definitely the speed to to steal 15 to 20 bases and you know you're just you don't really have to quite pay for that yet now if things continue to trend the way they're trending maybe it gets to a point where the profit potential slims down a little bit but uh you know we're, we're talking about industry leagues where you know people are seeing sort of the same stuff we're seeing in your in your deeper home leagues if you're in like an nl only or something like that you might still be able to get him at those those ridiculous discount prices we were seeing over the winter yeah he's just he's like a category juice guy like like there's just not a many of those types uh, so I, I do like franchi but i am hoping my next round pick doesn't get sniped as well I, and that's aj puck who i think even in even in mixed redraft, I'm kind of buying in because the reports out of camp are that he's looking like the best best pitcher on that roster right now, or like in camp. There's so many holes in that rotation. I think that team is smart enough to use those bullets at the big league level, so I'm, I'm expecting them to c- contribute quite a bit. But uh, any other prices in either the AL or NL that, that jumped out to you among prospects? You know, I think that in this in these leagues, the, the only – expert leagues it's a typically a pretty good setting to get good value on prospects some more than others you know guys like uh you know guys like francisco mejia i don't i don't really like that at 11 bucks um where's calhoun what did he go for in the i know you know got him you know got him you know got him for four uh wait no that was you know got him for 11 yeah i guess i don't mind that i I'm fine with Willie Calhoun at 11. I don't like Francisco Mejia at 11, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, that that was the great Steve Gardner, the defending champ. He's got Jan Gomes kind of backing Jan Gomes up with Francisco Mejia. And I think that I, I, I heard him on the uh, Flags Fly Forever podcast. I think he was talking about how he had just a, a bunch of money left over. And so that $11 price might not have been you know, quite mm-hmm. indicative of, of what Steve thought of him. He just kind of had some money to spend and wanted to, to make an upside play. That's fine. Uh, but Miguel Andahar for four was yeah, the best value. That's, that's, that's pretty silly. Um, what did Glaber go for? Um, I think he went to, 
You know, I can do a search here. I just I like comparing uh, the Glaber and the uh, Andahar prices in some of these leagues just yeah, because. Yeah, nine bucks to Tristan Cockroft. Okay, that so that's that makes more sense to me. I like Glaber more, and I like Andahar this year. And I <laughs> I was in in my uh, great fantasy baseball invitational draft. I think Glaber actually went ahead of, or no, Andohar went ahead of Glaber. I want to say, which I I don't agree with, even though I like Andohar a lot. Uh, to me, it's just, and I'm, I kind of talk about this in my piece for next week. Like Glaber Torres, Brandon Drury, Miguel Andohar. The thing that separates Glaber Torres from those three is he could be a plus defender at second base. And even though Brandon Drury's played second base. He's not great there. So I think that his presence hurts Andahar while Glaber Torres' path is still pretty clear. Yeah, I, I regret not pushing Andahar up higher. I also regret, and I tried to telegraph this after making the same mistake in CBS a couple weeks earlier, not finding a room for a $1 Willie Adames. Oh, oh man. Up. Like I ended up getting Correa and Bogarts here, got Correa and Lindor and the CBS one a couple weeks back. And mean, meanwhile, you know, Adames goes for the, 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 the very in the first reserves, pick in yeah. reserves. That, I mean, that's great. I mean, but that yeah. was a big mistake because he could be awesome. Adames should have gone in the auction, obviously. I mean, and, and Adames has the perfect AL only type skill set, right? Where it's not really doing a ton to help you win your your fifteen team mixed league. I mean, I I, I kind of would have him projected for maybe two fifty five, two sixty decent on base skills maybe 15 home runs five or six steals you know that that's not i mean that's brandon crawford basically with five steals thrown in like that's that's not killing it for you in an own in a in a mixed league but in an only league that's that's really valuable for a, for a middle infielder yeah absolutely and he could maybe gain second base eligibility yep. and the position's a pretty big hole for them so i think he plays a lot yeah that was and I was picking second in the reserves, and I was like, man, if I could get Willie, that'd be awesome. Of course, Sino took him with the first pick. Great pick. Should have known better, especially after we talked about it a couple weeks back. But uh, nice pick, Eno. Let's move on to your latest article, Ranking the Rookies 2018 Tiers. Again, you can see this uh, version of this in the 2018 Fantasy Baseball Guide, but this is an updated version and uh, really a great resource. Go ahead and bookmark this page because you're going to – going to want to come back to it regularly throughout the season top tier no surprise here generational talents Shohei Otani Ronald Acuna not much to talk about here that we haven't already discussed but Acuna safely inside your top 100 still in in redraft yeah I I have him as a $19 player in in 15 team mixers and that that does put him inside the top 100 Uh, you don't you know it just kind of depends on your league like you know i saw a lot of these tgfbi uh leagues where he was going kind of in the the low 80s and i think a lot of, and i actually ended up taking him in the mid 80s in my rotowire online championship uh league just because of where i was picking you know if you're picking and you're you're not going to be picking till like 110 115 you either have to take him inside the top 100 or you're not going to get him. And I think that that was what a lot of people experienced with the TGFBI. I was actually faced with the decision of I could either take 
Ozzy Albies at pick 101 or take Ronald Acuna at pick 101 and I knew the other one wasn't going to get back to me I took Albies I think he's the better player for 2018 just because I think that the batting average to me projects to be a good 15 to 20 points higher uh power to me between those two just for this year i only give acuna the edge by maybe you know two or three home runs hmm. and i actually give albies the the stolen base edge too and the the run scored edge so i'd prefer albies and throwing the fact that he's second base eligible i'd, I'd prefer albies over acuna if that's a decision you have to make in your drafts but yeah just on it from a big board from like a value perspective acuna definitely a top 100 guy for me yeah, and that's a good point because the switch hitter Albies can can make use of that the dimensions there is SunTrust. Uh, but man, I was watching the uh, Acuna BP vid the other day and <laughs> just so loud, so exciting. But a quick note from our sponsor, fantasy baseball fans: spring training is underway, and the regular season will be here before you know it. And with baseball comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball. No matter what you're looking for, FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind, something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. I'm looking forward to the season starting up because I'm going to go with minimum price Franchi every single day. (laughs) Uh, That should be fun. Play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Let's get into this second tier, James. Hitters for standard leagues, and this is a, a list of a lot of guys who are trendy buzz buzzy guys in redraft but i think the order in which you have them is really interesting because i think maybe some people say man you know i like willie calhoun the most of this group or uh, maybe me i'd have dustin fowler a little bit higher but heading this group hitters for standard leagues is scott kingery for you what are you expecting in terms of power and speed from kingery when he gets the call you know kingery is someone who I think towards the end of last year might have snuck inside my top 20 and then just gradually this this off season he's climbed a spot here spot there uh finally moved him up to 11 overall in my top 400 the other day I just it's it's not really the production which has has definitely been there this spring it's more so what Man, like manager Gabe Kapler saying about him what their beat reporters are saying about kind of the the vibe the team has for a guy like Kingery where they're, they're kind of already talking about this guy as kind of the future like the the guy they're kind of waiting on the guy that's just making all the plays in the field at the plate uh, I think he could be you know 15 to 20 home runs 20 I have him kind of conservatively pegged for 20 steals uh i think he definitely could even get up to to three or to 30 steals uh, as long as he gets up in time uh i think he's gonna hit around you know 255 265 something like that as a rookie eventually i think that gets up to 275 280 but you know even just with kind of what i think is sort of conservative estimates i think he's a 13 dollar player 
and you don't have to obviously pay that much for them. But you know, to me, the the playing time concerns remind me so much of the Cody Bellinger situation last year. It it even has the parallel of him playing some outfield this spring, which is not his position. Remember Cody Bellinger did that last year where it just, the team was so in love with him that they wanted to make sure there were just all kinds of ways they could get him in the lineup. I think the, the Phillies are doing the same thing with Kingery with him playing some center field just to kind of give themselves as many ways as they, as they possibly can to get him in. I look at Michael Franco as a guy who's on a pretty short leash this year as an everyday player for them. I don't think that this current uh, front office would have any real hesitations about pulling the plug. If he's, if he's not performing come June, I, I think Michael Franco's days as a everyday player for the Phillies could be numbered. And then a guy like Cesar Hernandez, I think that, you know, Kingery is a guy that I think they prefer at second base long-term. And I think Cesar Hernandez could be their super utility player of, you know, the next winning Phillies team. He doesn't have to be an everyday guy to get 400 plus plate appearances for the Phillies. Uh, Maybe he replaces Franco at third, or maybe those two kind of share time at third. Uh, JP Crawford also capable of playing third base. Kingery capable of playing third second short center field like there's a lot of guys that can play multiple positions and i think kingery's probably the best all-around player of all those players so i'm not worried about the playing time i think that they are going to send him down get that extra year of control and he could even be up around the same time acuna's up i think that the the big league club likes him that much so uh really just i think that the floor in batting average to me is high enough and I think he's going to be up soon enough that I'm betting on his counting stats kind of carrying the day over the rest of the guys in this tier. Interesting. Yeah, I think those playing time concerns with these kind of talents are overblown in the vast majority of cases because, you know, the league-wide DL rate's like 50%. When, when half the league is winding up in the DL, these situations just kind of play themselves out and the spots open up and we saw how quickly an outlook can change with the next guy on this this list victor robles just in a matter of days you know people go from well where is he gonna play to well he could make this opening day roster perhaps i mean adam eaton's still not playing michael a taylor dealing with what like an oblique i think right now uh so how high are you pushing up victor robles in in single season you know i i'm not I'm I'm more so with this news. I'm now comfortable with where he was going prior. And you might say, well, wait, so just because these guys are hurt, like that all of a sudden makes you more comfortable with him. Like, wasn't he going to find a way no matter what? Well, it's like, well, you know, I, I think if, if Michael Taylor had gone out there and had a good spring and not gotten hurt and Adam Eaton was going to only miss, you know, 10 days or two weeks to start the season, I don't think Robles really has a shot at making the team. And the fact that, you know, they're downplaying Michael Taylor's injury, but if it's, if they know internally that one or both of those guys is going to miss more than a couple of weeks to start the season, then I think they absolutely could, could have Robles be the uh, opening day center fielder. And if they, I don't think the nationals really care a ton about, service time especially in a year like this where they it's it's their last year with Bryce Harper uh they have all these pitchers that are smack dab in the middle of their primes I don't think they're gonna 
sacrifice wins just because of Victor Robles service time issues. But if, if that is a concern, you know, if they send him down, they need to wait till May 7th to call him up and get a, an extra year of control, but they could start him in the big leagues. Then when one of those guys comes off the DL, send him back to triple a, get some more seasoning and still play that service time game with him. So, uh, I'm just, I'm more comfortable now with him going where he was going kind of in the late two hundreds, mid to late two hundreds of drafts where I wasn't really that comfortable with that price, uh, prior to the, the news surrounding Eaton and, and Taylor. Glaber Torres, number five, uh, overall second in this tier, but oh, we did talk about Torres a bit earlier. Ryan McMahon, six, Jesse Winker, seven, Willie Calhoun, eight, Lewis Brinson, nine, Nick Senzel, ten, Dustin Fowler, eleven, and Miguel Andahar, twelve, JP Crawford, thirteen, and Colin Moran sneaking inside. I know you're not, you know, a huge Moran guy, but what are your expectations for him this year in his first season with Pittsburgh? I think he starts against righties, hits maybe like two sixty five with fifteen home runs. You know, so like it's fine. You know, and like the great fantasy baseball invitational, like a, a decent util type of plug in guy. I mean, like so in in the great fantasy baseball invitational, I took Zach Cozart to be my third baseman, but he's not going to gain that eligibility till like the second week of the season. And so, yeah, I would have loved a guy like Moran just to kind of hold that spot down. He obviously went a little like I wasn't going to take him where I needed to take Moran, but he he had he should be drafted in 15 team leagues because he's going to be playing. He's probably not going to do much damage to your batting average. You know, that Pirates lineup. I mean, he, he could end up hitting fifth there. You know, it's 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 not a flashy profile at all, but it, it gets the job done. I think some people would be a little surprised that Jesse Winker is as high as he is over guys like Calhoun and Brinson, Senzel and Fowler and Andahar. But uh, I saw him just crush a, a homer yesterday. I think he went out of the Reds spring training facility. Of course, Tom Brenneman on the call just completely no sold it. Just acted <laughs> like it didn't even happen. <laughs> like he's asleep. But how uh, aside from the the play discipline, contact skills, what are you excited about with Jesse Winker? I think he's going to bat second for them, especially against righties. And that's, that's what has me excited is just the, the counting stat potential. I mean, not many of these guys would I bet on batting in the top three or four spots of their, their team's lineup. And I think, I think Calhoun could bat as high as second on opening day. So that's, that's a big uh, draw for me with, with him. And you know, the power, it could be anywhere from like, eight to 25 homers wouldn't really surprise me with him you're, you're buying the batting average you're buying the runs scored uh the rbi that come with batting that high and whatever you get with the the power i think is just kind of gravy at that point yeah i think there's a chance you could even lead off at some point i don't know i think that red lineup needs some some shuffling to maximize the run scoring ability but uh, anybody else in this tier you want to mention quickly no, I think we we got it mostly covered. So pitchers for standard leagues, a lot of names that most players should be familiar with. Luis Gohara, Michael Kopech, A.J. Minter, Walker Bueller, Jack Flaherty. I think Minter is a guy that I'm getting more and more interested in. I, you know, Not a lot of experience in that major league bullpen, but an insane swing strike rate, really great swing and miss stuff. Also, Walker Bueller, I'm more interested in in single season you know, standard bench leagues as well because 
talking about 140, 150 innings for this guy this year. Yeah, I think we don't really even need to talk about Gohar or Kopech. Every Those guys are going inside the top 300 in drafts. Everybody knows about those guys. Uh, it is those those last three guys that I think you can still get at a at a pretty great price. You know, AJ Minter, I've been I want him so bad that I'm kind of reaching for him in the you know three twenty to three fifty range of drafts just because I might be able to get him with my last pick or my second to last pick, but I just don't want to roll that dice just because it, it gets to a point where to me he's just the best guy. And it would it would be too painful to miss out on him. I think he's he's one of those guys where the the strikeouts and the ratios should be good enough for him to return value, even if he's not getting more than a handful of saves. But I also think that he's the clear guy from like I think the front office, the field staff knows what they have in him. They know that he's the best reliever in that bullpen. So this guy, you know, probably gets the the job to start the year but i mean he was he was rocky at times last year and they just didn't really have better options i think if he if he falters even a little bit early this season i don't think they're going to mess around too much i think minter minter actually kind of fits perfectly for a closer role instead of a setup role because of his injury history where i don't think they're going to try to squeeze you know 70 or 80 innings out of him i think that they'd be fine with him just being at 55 60 65 innings this season so that actually works better than to save him and kind of use him for four or five out runs i think that that's that's not how they want to use him this year so you know monster slider uh big big fastball from the left side i think that he's he's got he's got a chance to be this year's felipe rivero Nice, I like that. Vizcaino's have been wildly inconsistent from year to year. I mean, five four ERA in twenty fourteen, one six in twenty fifteen, then that ballooned to four four two, twenty sixteen, then down to two eight three. So yeah, a bet against Vizcaino is a bet I can get behind. <laughs> talking about speculative closers, Jack Flaherty's. In, yeah, I look at him and he he looks pretty good so far this spring, and I don't think that. Adam Wainwright has much left in the tank, but do you think Flaherty actually has a chance to break camp with a rotation spot? I do. I don't think it's going to be at Wainwright's expense, though. I think Miles Mikolas is <laughs> is on very, very thin ice. You know, I, I to me that it's a calculated gamble signing a guy like that. I, I totally get it. I mean, the the amount of money they committed to Mikolas is really not much at all in in big league terms, and. <laughs> For that, I mean, it's a gamble, and so far it's not paying off. Mm. I can't imagine them breaking camp with him in the rotation if he doesn't right the ship this spring. I mean, if he if he continues down this this same track where he's just getting shelled, it's just you know I I don't think you want to mess with his confidence to that extent. I think you'd, you'd be better off just sending him to to Memphis and just saying you know get on you know get things figured out, build up some confidence, and the spot's going to open up for you at some point. Flaherty to me. He might even be their. I think you could even argue he's their third best starter right now, but he's definitely their fourth best starter uh, behind Martinez, Weaver. It, to me, it's debatable between Waka and Flaherty for who's the third best starter in that in that rotation. But uh, Flaherty absolutely should be getting drafted a bit higher than he is right now. He's a guy that's been falling. You know, I, I'm even seeing guys. You know, Alex Reyes goes ahead of Flaherty in pretty much every draft, and I think that that's a, a pretty big mistake. I don't. I think Flaherty gets 
maybe 10, 15 more starts than Reyes this year. Uh, just don't really understand that at all. So, yeah, I think Flaherty's a pretty good value. So let's move on to hitters for deep leagues. Uh, Austin Hayes, Willie Adamas, Franklin Barreto, who's getting a lot of good reviews out of camp. Alex Verdugo, Franchi Cordero, Charlie Tilson, who I think was actually optioned the other day, wasn't he? Uh, Jake, that doesn't mean he can't contribute, but Jake Bowers, Austin Meadows. Hayes, I think he's a little banged up right now, or he was recently dealing with a lat issue. I could see them keeping him down just to gain that year of control, but do you see him being the uh, maybe everyday right fielder come come March or May 1st? Yeah, so he, um, if they keep him down until May 9th, they get an extra year of control. And I think that that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, I don't know why they signed Colby Rasmus, but I guess they, they're just going to pay him a few hundred grand to to eat up those those uh starts maybe anthony santander yeah, gets give, in there a little bit santander some, I, some. I love santander you you ended up with him in in ale labor i mean he might be better than Colby rasmus right now so he'd be more valuable than my two dollar anthony alford like. yeah for sure uh yeah i think i think hayes will be he'll be the everyday guy at some point in may uh so still worth worth drafting in, in deeper leagues i don't think you have to take him though in 15 teamers just because it's you know roster spots are so valuable when a guy like hayes doesn't have elite upside i think that you, you kind of hoping for i made this comp before but you're kind of hoping for like max kepler type of production from him and just stashing a guy like that for over a month i, I don't really love that move uh in 15 teamers but um yeah, I mean, I, I included Charlie Tilson on this before he got optioned, uh, Franklin, and kind of before Franklin Barreto uh, really started to blow up. I think you could probably put Barreto in the tier for standard leagues if you wanted to, just because of the power speed upside. But I, I actually, I think he's kind of in a playing time crunch to start the year because jed lowry's coming off a three win year uh marcus Semyon, i don't think he's losing his job anytime soon so i don't know if i think barretto probably opens the year at triple a uh obviously jed lowry has been hurt plenty of times in his career uh, marcus Semyon missed time last year so i think one way or another barretto finds a way up but uh he's he's probably ticketed for for nashville so that that puts a damper on his appeal to me in in shallow or mixed leagues let's talk about alex verdugo for a second because he's kind of in this uh log jam in that dodgers outfield i know matt kemp hanging around apparently lost 40 pounds i don't know how he had 40 extra pounds <laughs> to carry around but uh he's there andrew tolls is back and healthy seemingly uh jock peterson of course too with Chris Taylor in center it looks like just so many guys. Uh, it's hard to know exactly who will emerge. But do you like Verdugo and his play discipline to eventually win out, even if it's not uh, right on opening day? Yeah, I think that at at some point this season he's going to be a guy that is rosterable in fifteen team leagues. Uh, but like you said, it's just it's so hard to tell when that's going to be. The Dodgers are one of the few teams that can afford to 
keep track of service time stuff while going for it. I mean, they're probably going to win around a hundred games and they can still play the service time games with, with guys like Verdugo. So they could hold him down till mid May, get that extra year control. Uh, it can't yeah camp losing 40 pounds i'm trying to think like i i don't remember him just looking legitimately fat last year i mean he he might have looked like 10 to 20 pounds overweight but yeah where yeah. where did that weight come from yeah that's a good question i still think they're kind of auditioning him to like an al team like some team to just dump him i mean they who's, probably have to eat most of them who's that team white Sox maybe well, maybe the Royals or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's I just can't see with the, the way he plays defense. I guess I haven't seen him in, him in, in left with the slim down version of himself. But uh, the the defensive metrics have been so bad. I think the Dodgers are smart enough to realize that uh, this is not a guy we want regularly in left field. Yeah, I mean they they employ Chase Utley. I mean I think they're paying Chase That's Utley true. a big league deal. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the question. I'm not, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they're they're smarter than I am. I'm sure there's there's plenty of reasoning behind it. It just it's it's a little weird. Yeah, absolutely. Frontline starters to stash. We'll skip over this group for the most part. But Alex Reyes, AJ Puck, Forrest Whitley should all be familiar with those names. Pitchers for deep leagues, though. Brandon Woodruff, Tyler Maley. I think it is Maley. I said Molly, but I was listening to the broadcast the other day, and I think it is Maley. Uh, Chance Adams, Anthony Bonda, Max Freed, Domingo German, uh, Wilmer Font, who's getting some buzz as a, an intriguing bullpen arm, and Eric Fetty. I know you're a Brewers guy, and Woodruff maybe on the outside looking in, but do you think he could maybe be, I mean, in a rotation that doesn't have a lot of impact guys, one of the more fantasy-relevant Brewers uh, starting pitchers? Well, yeah, they're not going to have a lot of them. Uh, I think he, and it's dicey. I I would not want to send him back to Colorado Springs. I don't really know what they're going to do. It's starting to sound like uh, Brent Suter's won a spot or, or is on the verge of winning a spot. So, you know, Woodruff, Woodruff is probably the best of the remaining guys competing. So I, I could see him winning it. Uh, I just think he's he's gonna be a guy that just is sort of a steady mid fours ERA, whip around one three, you know maybe seven and a half strikeouts per nine something like that. Definitely not a guy that I would want out there in in a shallower format. But in leagues where you just where where almost any pitcher who's getting innings is useful as long as the ERA is below five, I think he's someone that could carry value and and you know maybe there's a little bit of upside for a little bit better than that uh Maley is a guy that maybe i should have ranked ahead of woodruff i think that there's i guess if you told me one of these guys put up a three six era and a one two five whip i might actually guess that it was Maley just because it's it's possible he's got 70 or 80 grade command and that that's just going to allow everything to, to play up kind of the way that it does for a guy like Kyle Hendricks or Zach Davies. Uh, so he's, he's definitely a guy for deep leagues. The rest of these guys are kind of hoping they get a, a string of starts at some point. Wilmer font is someone that I really would not, I, it would just be very confusing and anticlimactic. I think if he ended up being good, just because it would 
give so much credence to scouting the stat line and not kind of following typical prospect trends but uh he has looked okay so far and the dodgers rotation it's not as deep as it once was like they their seventh and eighth starters are like wilmer font and uh tom kaler <laughs> like they they don't have a ton of depth so if, if someone goes down hyunjin ryu probably is going to go down any minute he might go down before this podcast is posted so uh yeah there's there could be an opportunity for a guy like wilmer font and what would you set the over under on chase adams's starts this year i think he makes more than a handful of starts i'd probably set it at like eight and a half okay I think he sees most of his time out of the bullpen. Not that they really need. I think he's going to spend a good chunk of the year at AAA unless in, unless they're a lot higher on him than they've been letting on so far and unless they're hit with some injuries. I could actually see them turning to Domingo German before they turn to Adams as a guy to just kind of eat innings in the back of that rotation. Quick note, Auto New Fantasy Baseball is the next level of Fantasy Baseball Challenge. You've been looking for experience a year-round dynasty competition with deep rosters, accumulate prospects to lead your team in the future, or to move for a superstar at the trade deadline. Keep your baseball mind engaged in the offseason with trades and arbitration. Learn more about why everyone who plays Auto New becomes addicted at www.autonewbaseball.com. That's O-T-T-O-N-E-U. Auto New, better fantasy baseball. We're skipping the catchers, James. I, I won't hear anything else. Uh, hitters for watch lists and standard leagues. Now, this is the the really interesting list. That's you know so much upside with these guys, but we just don't know. And logic tells us that these teams will probably want to keep these guys on the farm, developing for as long as possible. But they could force their hand. You just don't know. Eloy Jimenez, forty-seven. Uh, Jorge Mateo, Kyle Tucker, Fernando Tatis Jr. Brendan Rodgers, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. I think Vlad made his Grapefruit League debut today and had four hits, of course. I'm surprised uh, it wasn't five, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by a five-burger from that guy at any point. Uh, Tatis, too, though, just getting a ton of buzz. and uh, Kyle Tucker, too. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I look at a guy like Tatis, and he's so young, I'd say September call-up is probably a best-case scenario, but... Is there a chance if maybe Freddie Galvis goes down that uh, they could deem Tatis ready? Um, in that scenario, I think Luis Urias would come up and play shortstop, and they would stick with Aswahe or Spangenberg at second base. Uh, assuming I, we're talking like first half, uh, I the only I could see maybe. Kyle Tucker, Jorge Mateo coming up in the first half. Really don't see it for the other guys. You could have maybe made the case Eloy could come up in the first half. The fact that he's been slowed this spring actually does, I think, kind of impact his ability for that to happen. Uh, I I just, Tatis, Rogers, Vlad, Bo Bichette, these are guys that just all all logic tells us they're not coming up till 2019 i somebody asked on twitter today about when we're going to see vlad and i guess they he could come up in like august or september 
if the Blue Jays are really in the thick of things. And I just, I don't see that. Do you see the Blue Jays being in the mix for a playoff spot this year? I, I don't know. Going that division? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just, you're not only betting on the Blue Jays beating, I, I mean, I saw Fangrass had him projected at 87 wins. That seems pretty rich, but. Yeah, they uh, don't have the pitch. I mean, they just don't. And yeah, I mean, you need for for them to have the pitching. You need like a full bounce back for Aaron Sanchez. You need Marco Strada to fully bounce back. Uh, you need guys like Hap and Stroman to stay healthy. Um, yeah, it's just I don't want to bet on them. And then not not only do they have to contend, but and I, I definitely expect Vlad to hit at at Double A AA and Triple A. But you know, just one kind of two or three week cold stretch and all of a sudden he's that that kind of pushes him back so i i'm not betting on i'm sure one of tatis rogers vlad bichette sees like if you put the over under at half a plate appearance for for that whole foursome Mm -hmm. i'd probably take the over i just have i don't know who it's gonna be and yeah i mean it's kind and and two of those teams i don't really see contending the rockies they could be contending but i mean they i don't think they're gonna just ditch uh trevor story or dj lemayhu this year so he they, he'd probably need an injury in, in addition to them contending and him being ready which i don't think he's going to be ready so uh it's it, this is this is what it is it's the watch list for standard leagues i think you keep an eye on these guys i'll we'll be talking about them all year if it if it seems like something's opening up and they could be up sooner than expected we'll definitely let you know but i i just i don't really see it for that bottom four now the top three i think tucker's probably up in some capacity this year but i don't think it's going to be till around august and then mateo's probably the one to watch he i mean the a's we talked about they they'll they'll push guys and he might open the year at triple a might be an injury two or two away from being up and if he's up it really doesn't matter what he hits he's gonna steal bases so he'll have value at least in in deeper leagues once he's up all really good points i will say just kind of as a counterpoint to your argument about the blue jays I think some people could say, like, well, maybe if they go in the opposite direction and do fall out of it, they could trade a guy like Josh Donaldson. But I don't think that's a good thing to bank on if they do fall out of it because they could just give them the qualifying offer and try to get the draft pick. Well, I'd, even if they if they fall out of it, I put Vlad's chances of being up this year at zero. Okay. Like, I, I just don't see any scenario where that front office uh, starts his clock in a non-competitive year. Good point. Good point. Uh, okay, so we'll just run through these hitters for watch lists and deeper leagues real quick. Anthony Alford, Stephen Dugar, Greg Allen, McNeary Sierra, Roman Quinn, Brian Anderson, Chris Shaw, Christian Arroyo, Luis Urias, Austin Riley, Kristen Stewart, Michael Chavis, Bobby Bradley, Sheldon Noisy, Brian Mountcastle, Nick Gordon. Any of those guys that you're looking at and since this was published you're thinking maybe should have given him a little bit more love bumped him up a little bit higher probably my boy louis serious uh did you see that that quote from andy green on him no. i think you, you tweeted something about that it, right yeah it was it's one of my favorite quotes of the spring uh 
Oh, he's coming or something. Yeah, uh, he, he he was talking about Spangenberg and Aswahe. You know, those guys are, are going to be duking it out for the the second base job to start the season. Uh, but but Andy Green said. Aswahe and Spangenberg, they know Arias is coming. They're smart guys. They look and they watch him play baseball. They see what he does. They know he is coming. I, I love the line, especially the they see what he does. Like yeah, you know, awesome. like they, they're they they're not dumb. They know he's coming. So I I think it's it's definitely a matter of you know, is, is he going to be up in May? Is he going to be up in June? I think there's, at this point, I'd probably bet on Urias being up in the first half. So I, I think I should have probably moved him up uh, at least to that that hitters for, for deep leagues list. Now, he's not going to do a ton in terms of counting stats, runs and stolen bases specifically, but he's uh, he's just a ridiculous hitter. Uh, one of the few guys that I could see throwing an 80 on the hit tool with. So even if he's only up for three or four months he'll hit for a high average probably hits his way to either the first or second spot in that lineup and start scoring runs interesting yeah i'm also kind of keeping a, a side eye on on sheldon noisy i could see him maybe dh'ing if there's something happens there uh the hitters for emergencies this tier is just filled with a lot of stink uh you know, <laughs> I, like, you know I like santander anybody else here that you're you know, say a draft and hold, you're like, yeah, I, I could take the dive there. Um, man, it's this is gross. Uh, Mike Ford, maybe he plays at the start of the year. He's rule five. Well, guy. yeah. So if I had to pick one, well, it actually kind of looks like Ryan Cardell has a decent shot of making the 25 man out of spring training. Yeah. He's he's got some power and some speed. Uh, I think that's kind of that the. Cordell's hitting and the fact that they sent Tilson down uh, is kind of my reasoning there. I mean that their outfield's terrible, so uh, I, I and Cordell's old. He's he's like twenty six, so I think Cordell could be up uh, sooner than I thought when I wrote this. Uh, Santander, same thing. The fact that it looks like Hayes is ticketed for AAA definitely hope i mean if the only man standing between you and everyday at bats is Colby Rasmus, then that's that's a good thing. Uh, Victor Reyes would be the rule five guy that I would roll with just because he's got speed Ford is kind of a, you hope he hits, you hope he's like Yonder Alonso, but with Reyes, you, you could dream on 20 plus steals this year. I mean, he, they have to keep him up all year. They're rebuilding their outfields terrible too. So he, the only guy standing in between Reyes and everyday bats is Leonis Martin. So, uh, he, he's, he's probably the guy I would roll the dice on in this tier. Interesting. And then the final tier pitchers for watch list, not much to get into to here, but do you want to maybe take this opportunity to offer some words of caution for those in single-season leagues who are investing in guys like Mitch Keller and Sandy Alcantara, uh, even you know, even with shallower benches? Yeah. Uh, Mitch Keller I don't think is going to be up until the second half at the earliest. Uh, it's definitely made this comparison before either on here or the radio show but i think it's it's brent honeywell's 2017 season all over again i think he's going to be dominating for much of the year and people are going to be calling for him to get a promotion and i don't think the pirates are going to do it uh sandy alcantara a little bit different story just because he's already been to the big leagues but I I think they would be very wise to keep him in the minors until he gets that control ironed out until he can 
develop a reliable breaking ball to go with the fastball and the changeup. So if I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if Alcantara was up just because he's already had big league experience, but I just don't think the ratios are going to be palatable. Mike Soroka is a guy that I, I almost put in the higher pitching tier just because I love him so much. He's a guy I don't have any shares of in any dynasty league yet. I think I'm the highest guy on him around. I just, I just haven't been able to end up with him. Uh, maybe that says something about my laziness on the trade front. Maybe I should be out there working the phones a little bit more trying to get him, but I, I love Mike Soroka. I think he's a really a, almost a can't miss number three starter. I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't uh, become at least that. So that's a guy that the Braves, they, they have a bunch of arms, but they're not necessarily reliable ones in terms of health or in terms of uh, performance. So I wouldn't be surprised if Soroka was up in June or something like that and ended up being pretty useful in all formats. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it, James, all the insight. You're the best in the biz and, uh, That'll do it for us on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast presented by FanDuel. Real quick, though, actually, before you move that mic aside, are we doing the, the countdown starting next week, week after? I forget exactly when we... Uh, I was thinking we'd do it on the pod that we do. Uh, I think we're recording a pod on opening night, the oh, Thursday. Right. Yeah, so okay, okay. Let's so do I got it for a little time. One. I'm yeah. behind in my prep a little bit. I'm going to have to... I, I have a top 20 sort of in pencil but i I definitely have to go and do a full you know scan of my my library and make sure i'm not missing anything yeah i feel like i i'm bound to miss something but i I hope not to thanks guys for listening we'll talk to you next week Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.